Thanks everybody for joining us for episode 17 of Dumb and Drummer. My guest today is Damani from Drum Tracks. How you doing, bro? Doing good, man. Hanging in there. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for being on. So let's let's kick it right off. For those of uh, the listeners and viewers that don't know, who are you and why are you awesome? <laughs> um, man, I'm Damani. I'm a, I'm a musician first. Uh, started playing music a long time ago. And um, I guess one of the things that I've contributed to the music world that some would consider awesome is the drumless play along tracks and uh, the drum lessons and everything that we provide on the Drum Tracks app, which in a nutshell is basically our way of trying to help drummers find uh, their own creativity, explore their own creativity and find their own voice on the drums. And we do that with our drumless play along tracks and our library of lessons and courses, as well as our private Facebook group now. That's awesome, dude. And and how long have you been creating these tracks? Like, what when right. when was the first drum tracks play along released? So it it actually goes back before drum tracks. I started off uh, making play along tracks because I wanted some some music to play to for myself. And when I started playing keyboards, I had a Casio WK sixteen thirty. It was just this cheap keyboard that my dad bought me because I told him I was interested in the keyboard. And so what ended up happening is I would make songs that had six tracks on this keyboard and I would like make something up. And after I would make it up, I would play to it because the Casio had speakers, but the speakers weren't loud enough. So I'd hook it up to a speaker and play along to the stuff that I was playing to. And then, you know, some of my uh, friends got a hold of some of the stuff that I was making where they would come over and be like, oh, you're playing this stuff. And like, oh, they, they thought it was kind of cool. And it kind of started off as that, like really just trying to scratch my own itch back in the back in the day uh but then you know when the internet came along youtube came along i started making uh i figured like man maybe i can do this and you know it'll be valuable to other drummers in the world because the drummers playing on tracks that i found that were out at the time were not very fun to play to i'll just say that yeah and so uh one of the first things that i did was i approached mike johnston uh because we actually are from the same city okay and so and i i had a i have a good friend actually sticks who uh uh used to work at the drum lab as a drum instructor the drum lab is a drum school that mike johnson started here in sacramento before all of the online situation and so when he was mike was doing his online thing he was you know starting to do well and i presented it to him like hey like i see that you're teaching lessons and all this it's amazing i see other people you know starting to teach lessons but nobody's using actual music to to you know apply what you just taught to an actual musical situation. And I feel like that could be a great addition for drummers who are learning. And uh, so the first time I released a play along track was actually on, uh, when I released one publicly, was on Mike Johnson's website. And, you know, we did that for a short time. And then I uh, started my own website and started trying to grow things from then. And that's why like, you'll hear us refer to the DERPA days or the DRPA days, the Damani Rose Playlong days, where that's what it was called at first, Damani Rose Playlongs. And, you know, we would we started a YouTube channel and was trying to, you know, put them out into the world that way. Mm-hmm. Do you still work with Mike Johnson? No, 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 no. That was that was that was short, uh, a short period of time where when I was first, you know, trying to get this thing off the ground. And uh yeah, Mike is to the stars at this point like you know <laughs> yeah he definitely took off but yeah that's that's that it's cool to hear how the you know inception of everything started the motivation and you know you gotta you gotta start somewhere right i mean definitely definitely and you said uh that's samadhi right yeah um, drum coach somadi aka quit the drums <laughs> that's his name on instagram right now at least he changes his name and it's he's a character because when we play like gigs out in the real world and we're playing shows and stuff mm-hmm. Oh, you don't ever know what his name's going to be that day. He, ah, uh, ah. When, when you introduce the drummer, he might be want to be introduced as Clark Kent, Peter Parker, Batman. I don't know who he wants to be. Nice. But, uh, yeah, we're talking about drum coach somebody. Back in the day, we, uh, we called him Sticks. A lot of people on the internet still know him as Sticks. Uh, but yeah, drum coach somebody, a.k.a. with the drums. Got it, got it, got it. Now, um... In the last year or so, you have posted a lot of drum tips on your Instagram channel, which I thought were really great because they're little like snippets of like, hey, uh, you know, play ghost notes with your fingers, you know, in between the cross stick and, uh, you know, 
omit one of the snare drums and just play on beat four instead of beat two, stuff like that. So how did right. that, was that just like a plan to, to try to get more engagement or what, what, what was the well, story there? Yeah, I mean, everything you do on, on social media is about trying to get more engagement, right? Mm-hmm. But, at the end, but at the end of the day, uh, trying to offer value and our perspective, our, our way of thinking, our approach about how to get better at the drums. And it's not just about taking or trying to learn a bunch of new things, which is great. You should try to learn as many new things as you can mm-hmm. uh, based on whatever your goals are. However, at the end of the day, we want you to be able to find your own voice and explore your own creativity. And that is a huge pillar for us. It's creativity, finding who you are. And it does, you don't have to be an advanced drummer to do that. You can start finding your, your voice with whatever it is you know. So if you know, if you're a beginner and you have basic you know, grooves down and you can play some basic drum fills, one of the ways to get to the next level is to start experimenting with what you already know. Yeah. You can just take with what you already know and just explore and do some crazy things with it. Just stumble on the stuff that you didn't know or didn't think of. Because, you know, usually people are looking for hard and fast rules and what's the right way to do things. And how do I know that I'm doing it exactly perfect? And I get that, especially when you're starting out. You don't know what's what. And how do you know if you're doing it right and all those things? Yeah. But at the end of the day, that's why we're coming along just to, just to try to spark some type of creativity. And that's what that was about. Say, hey. Yeah, I know you play a basic groove like this. What if you don't put the snare on two and four? What yeah. if you put the snare here and see how it changes everything? Mm-hmm. Did you know you can play ghost notes like this? What if you used your fingers and it sounds like this? Yes. Yeah. A drum coach Somadi was the one who was, uh, you know, putting those out, or I was recording those when we were putting those out. He's my uh, business partner as well. We're in this together. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, when we came up with these ideas, I was like, yo, we should come up with these small tips. Because back in the day when we started, we always felt like, you know, we had to teach some crazy 30-second note, 16-note drum fill or two-measure 16-note or 30-second yeah. note drum fill because it looks cool and it gets views and people are interested in that kind of thing. And that's good. That also sparks creativity, too. I'm not saying that that's bad. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's some like, yo, we could, we could really focus on really trying to help the beginners and the intermediates get to that next level by showing them these, these small kind of tips that are really easy to implement. Yeah. You look at it and you're like, oh, I can I can play that. I just didn't think to play that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. I, I love the approach of you already know the language, you know the words and the phrases and the the grammar and everything like that. Let's just take all the language that you know. Yeah. It's English. Let's just, you know, play around with different phrases and different different put in put in different sentences with different punctuation and things like that. It's actually Jerron Garnett that actually told me was one of the first people to tell me that. Yeah. Was, Show me a chop that you already know. Right. And then we spent the next hour just picking it apart and, and you know, making it different. And it was great. I mean, it was some of the best online lessons I've had just because he, like, met me where I was. I didn't have to, like... Period. Instead of trying to tell you that you need to be way over here now, it's like, exactly. yo, take what you have and turn it around and flip it seven different ways. And I feel like, I mean, I've seen that in my life, period, just growing up the way that I've grown up. Grow up, you don't have much. You look in the refrigerator... And you'd be like, man, there's nothing to eat. But your mom or your pops look in the refrigerator and be like, okay, there's not a lot here, but I bet you I can make five or six different things out of this. Yeah, and absolutely. You end up having great meals because you just got creative. And yeah. that's the thing that, because like I, 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 see, I see it a lot on the internet, as long as we've been on the internet, everybody's posting and it's always these hard and fast rules. And I get it, they make sense with context right like if you're saying oh less is more just play groove just play the pocket that makes a ton of sense in a specific context uh but what we're trying to do is to not just create robots of people who sound the same trying to create and help develop people who uh can be creative and free because this is music and music is art and art is subjective and we're all out here artists being artists but you know we're just trying to add that type of balance, I guess, to everything. Because yeah. I'm not saying that the other side of it, like with the discipline and understanding what needs to be done in certain situations, especially like if you're hired on a gig, I get that because it's literally a job, no different than any other job that has a job description and you're getting hired to do a specific thing. But then there is the creative side and the people who actually make music, right? Yeah. Like all musicians are not just musicians to play what other people wrote only. Yeah, like, 
there's creative. Somebody has to create the stuff that everybody's playing. Somebody has to create the parts. And so to me, it's really important that every drummer taps into that creative side because you're not, you're a human being. You are not a, a machine. Right. And, and even if that's what your goal is, is to try to sound close to a machine, there's creative ways to do that because a human programmed the machine and the human will be creative when the machine was programmed. So at the end of the day, it boils down to the same thing. Finding your own voice and exploring your own creativity because music is about freedom. Yeah, that's that's what is very well said. I, I love the approach of the business as well because you're supporting people in doing that better. Because you're not yeah. you're not get you're giving them lessons and stuff, but the core is like here's a track, interpret the track however you want. And I know that uh, Nick Nick Baglio has used your tracks uh, quite a bit. I've used your tracks yes. quite a bit. Um, yeah. I've seen Eric Moore pop up on your yeah on, yeah on that's your, good homie. Uh, who, who else is uh, using your tracks? Who, who do you feel like is using your tracks the most right now? Over the years, man, it's been so many people. I've done, uh, I've had a track, I made specific tracks for Juan Carlos when he did Minor Festival. Nice. Uh, that, are, that, that, that was an exclusive track originally for him that is now on the app. I have had uh, Brian Fraser Moore uh, played at the tracks left and right, and like literally a host of thousands of drummers around the world. <laughs> literally playing the tracks and they tag us in uh in the instagram stories and we can't repost everyone all the time but if like i honestly could repost the drummer playing to the tracks on our instagram page like every day That's because they're, they're playing to it all around the world whether i see them or somebody is playing to when they don't tag us but somebody who knows us tags us in yeah you know, post you know for them or whatever the case is people are playing to the tracks man and it's it's a lot of people i've i've uh there, I, I just, there's been so many people, I can't mention like everybody, but as far as the famous people that have played to the tracks, Mike Johnson's played to the tracks in the early days. Uh, you got Eric Moore's played to the tracks. You got uh, uh, Brian Fraser Moore, like I said before, has played to the track. There's a bunch more. I just, it's just so many, I stopped keeping track. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah totally. And I'm, put, I'm putting you on the spot, but it, it is awesome to see the, the promotion, um, see it on other people's pages randomly. And to hear their interpretation of, uh, you know, like they may be hearing the song different, and they may, they may be hearing, even though I can hear you counting off one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, on yeah. like, to, to kick off the song, yeah. you know, then you can hear it. But then you can just mess with it too. I mean, you could just take a, yeah. you know, you can you can make it into a four four or something, and or yeah. you can hear it here in a certain way, which is which is actually kind of tight. It's right, like, and a lot of the tracks come with click and without click, right? So when they're streaming them on the app, you know, you may be counted off and. Well, I stopped doing that also on some of the tracks, right? And just let the click do it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, because I just, you know, I like to see how people interpret it. And Exactly. And, and the truth is I make like all of the tracks that are on the app. There's only like one set of tracks on the app that I didn't make because we uh, connected with my boy, Jobo Baggins, and he plays in, uh, I know you know Joseph. Uh, yeah, Ro jo uh, jo Joseph Wesley Arrington from Royal yes, Coda. Yeah, yeah. So, so you have all the Royal Coda songs. What's that? Yeah, all that stuff is on the app, right? He, he gave yeah. us a Royal Coda project on the app. I have like a, a there's supposed, I think I have a CN bar joint in the wings that I haven't put on the app yet. Are but you not, serious? I think, I have to check the hard drive and I'll hit up Joe too. But, oh, nice. But uh, because I make a, I make all the music on the app, but like I'm not a rock musician like that, and so I am. I have looked to Joe. I'm like, yo, you guys have a band. You guys are, you know, you have actual records. It'd be great, you know, to have these songs that drummers can play along to. They can reinterpret you guys' music, yeah. which is a direction that I'm kind of going in uh, in the in the future here in the next year. We're looking to try to be able to outsource the making of the tracks you know some of them because right now i make all of them like all of them and all of the tracks on the app are uh we release a brand new one every single week so every single week i'm pumping out a new one and uh you know that's crazy but as but as we grow like i you know i'm gonna need some help so i'm gonna be looking and trying to figure out a way that we can help other creators as well who are make tracks to to be able to get some type of money, you know, from having yeah. tracks on the app and already be able to have a platform to be able to adding offer. to the musician economy, right? Like being yeah. able to help other musicians as well. So, well, I mean, the play along tracks are hot, man. I get, um, I'm saying I get like it's my groups, not my groups, but the drumming, the big drumming groups on Facebook, people routinely ask, 
what are good tracks to play along to. Yeah. And either throw your name in there or I throw Timbo from Kino's name in there as well because there's, depending on what you want, you know I mean? There's right. all these different flavors. Absolutely. Have, there's a lot of apps that, that are doing the play-alongs as well that, um, and not to throw them under the bus or anything like that, but not, everyone's different, you know I mean? you know, It's just like an app that, you know, a metronome app. Right. Know? Oh, I love Polynome, but I don't have, you know, Apple, so I have to choose from all these other you just don't right. like the feel of it, you don't like the interface, you don't like it's missing features, things like that. So it's good to have a variety of the different yeah. uh, loops to play to. Yeah, and so and and that's a, a big part of why I want to diversify who all is making the tracks on the app, because it's just me. And you know, it'd be great to get other people's sound and other people's vibe and other people's flavors and be able to present that to the drummers so they have even more. Because we have over two hundred drummers play along tracks on the app. And uh but if it's all me, like it's it it's cool. But I want to have more people being able to to add and contribute to the sound. And I think the drummers who uh, play to the tracks and who download the app will benefit, you know, from it greatly. So it's about providing value all the way around, right? Yeah. Value, to drummers, value to the musician who's creating. We can you know help them financially in the, in the whole nine. So and we're also doing that with our uh, with the drum courses as well. That's one thing we are definitely looking into is. Looking instead of us creating all the courses, which we do right now, create all the courses uh, to outsource and to other drummers uh, as well to to really get more perspective uh, as we could, but still from the same lens of our focus, which is to help drummers find their own voice and explore their own creativity. We don't negate the basic facts or the basic skills that you must learn, but yeah. we also try to show you how to use those to create your, you know, you find your own voice and explore your creativity. That's the vibe. It's the the sustainable way, man. It's yeah. that we, we, we don't want to cram anything down your throat. We don't want to just, you know, regurgitate something somebody else is doing. We want you to be creative and unique. And that's part, I'm, I'm 100% agreeing with you. Uh, yeah, so our, I, want to, I want to change gears just a little bit and talk about, uh, talk about representation. Um, I, that's come up uh, a few times in past podcasts. And I think it's important to, to have a dialogue about it. Uh, as a black musician, what do you think is the the, the biggest uh, like hurdle in the music community as far as like representation goes? You know, it's it's as far as just being a musician, I see a lot of black musicians, right? Like we play. That's what we do. Matter of fact, when I grew up, I grew up playing in church and I was only around black musicians. Um, so I mean to to me it's a lot of us. I like intentionally decided not to try to go out to like LA and to try to get a gig and tour with big artists because I know people who have done that and they've done it successfully. Uh, but the, but I've also seen the lifestyle that comes with that in terms of like how they, how it's not always what you see on Instagram. I'll say that, mm -hmm. that it is, it may look like you're on the road and you're traveling and you are for three months and then it's not the same. So I, my experience would be on the online world because that's the path that I decided to take, right? Mm -hmm. And so in the online world, I can honestly say that I do not see, and we never saw a lot of uh, black drummers or you know, starting these types of businesses online or even trying to build a following in this space. Uh, I, I, in my mind, I always believed that I could, which is why I decided to do it. Uh, but there was one other, one other, uh, one other black organization, and we were actually cool with them. We really liked them they, back in the day, and they were called Flight Drummers. I don't know if anybody remembers them, <laughs> but uh, that was 2012, 2013, and they were actually gaining some traction. Uh, their team, they had more. I would even say that at the at the time, their team even had more of a business since then i would say we had we were just making videos but they were actually doing business right mm -hmm. and um you know the way that they ended was a little sketchy to me man we never really i never really felt right about how that whole thing went down and how it ended for them but that was a whole controversial situation but it seems like as time is going on uh i'm starting to see more black creators more whether it's in uh you know, even with uh, uh, Carlin McCuller and Shed Tracks or whatever the case, yeah. and other uh, people like that, 
there's a guy named uh, Alan Murville, I believe is his last name, and he has his thing where he's doing courses with different instruments and things of that nature. And I love to see it. I'm not against it at all. It's been a while. It's taken it's taken a while for us to get on and start doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that, I mean, my experience has just been that in the online world, which is what I can speak to, is that it hasn't been a lot of us. And in the beginning, you know, we would see comments that would get a lot of pushback, uh, which I, you know, you can look at it and say, okay, you could tell like some of the comments that you would get would be coded. Uh, but there were certain trigger words that would always be used. They, the, the term gospel chops or the term, uh, you know, gospel anything became very derogatory for a period of time. Uh, really? So much, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my God, people, so much so that the drummers who were a part of gospel chops wanted to be disassociated from it because it was just a derogatory term. It was just looked at in a negative light for a while. And uh, even when you went to NAM, it was just, I don't know, we just, we saw it. And so I remember when me and Drunko Samadhi did the Modern Drummer, we did a, a Modern Drummer article when they were, uh, and somebody in our private Facebook group literally posted it the other day and it was, it was crazy to go back and look at it. But anyway, yeah, when we um, did the video, it was a good video. Uh, and Modern Drummer, of course, they posted it on their website, they posted it on their Facebook. Uh, page and some of the comments that we saw there was good comments and positive comments but some of the comments were people were furious that that uh modern drummer allowed this filth on their page what the fuck i promise you if you go back to the comment i mean this was like some years ago but if you go had to be like five years ago six years ago maybe now but if you go to uh to the post if it's still up on their facebook page this is on their facebook page the comments some of the comments got kind of wild <laughs> and just like, like overt like, racism you, you know i it's hard to to because most people are not overt it's like they don't say anything direct they're not going to call you the n-word they're not going to say mm-hmm. you know these specific things but to me man it, I, I always took that with a grain of salt. I always just let it, it never bothered me. I never let it, it never sunk in. I didn't feel anything about it. I, I felt bad for them, but I didn't feel any type of, I didn't internalize it. It didn't stop me. There's just way harder things that I've experienced in my life than to see that and it mean anything to me. Like literally it meant nothing to me. But I know that, uh, I know that it exists and we saw it happen, but it just, I just never let it be an excuse for me. You understand what I'm saying? But, but not saying that it doesn't exist and that it's not real, but I do think that uh, at the same time, the internet has come a long way and there's nothing in the way of any black creator that wants to put themselves out there and do some things with quality and be as professional as anyone else. Just capable, we're just as capable as everyone else. We provide as much value. Our, our perspective is extremely unique. Because if you really think about it, if you look at any of the musicians or any of the top artists you see on the road, you see us playing with them all of the time. Yeah. You know, and you see us, and when you see us, the majority of us come from church too, and come from playing in church. And that's where we start, got our start, and we got our practice, and we got groomed. And people would ask me sometimes, why do you think? Uh, why is it what, what is this with all of these church drummers and these church musicians who are like stadium ready at 18 years old? Yeah, and I say all the time it's really simple. It's because these guys have been playing music with people who are older than them, people who are more seasoned than them, who are professional musicians. They've been playing shows, church services, and if you are at a church that is really rocking, it's it's a it's a whole thing. You're playing, you're playing, you're playing shows or uh, you're, you're being trained in learning, remembering and performing songs every week of your life from the time you are 10, 12, 13, yeah. or even some, some guys are really good enough when they're eight, nine, you know, especially now these yeah. musicians are getting better at such a young age, but you're doing that every single week for your entire life. Yeah. By the time you're 18, you've been performing for the last 10, 12 years. Some of these guys who get on when they're 18, 19, 20, they've been ready. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, 
if you go back to like the first gospel chops and all of the Northern California guys that Gerald Forrest, who started gospel chops that he was uh, interviewing, like these guys were, these guys been good. Yeah. Eric's been good. I met Eric Moore when I was like 15 years old because mm-hmm. he's from Stockton and I'm from Sacramento and we were just at a church and I was like, oh, this exists, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was killing back then. And I, I thought I was good. And I wasn't terrible. I was decent. But when I saw him, it was just a, oh, okay. You checked your ego. Yeah. Not, not even, yeah, it was just like, I didn't even know that existed, right? <laughs> I, I remember he did a video on uh, something called a cha, a beat called a cha-cha. Okay. And he said, uh, he said, he said, some churches you play in, you're only going to have, you know, a snare, a kick, hi-hat. It's going to be a small kid. It's going to, you know, and he just busts out like this. He calls it the cha-cha, but it's this with the three-piece. Yep. And, he, and he was just, it was smoking, man. It was, it well, I mean, was, it was, it was yeah, when you, when you go up playing in church, man, and he, you go to another church to play because the choir that you're playing for is at a different church, been invited to a musical or some type of program, whether it's a revival or the convention or whatever, you show up and you play whatever's there. Yeah. And that's why people ask me, they, people to this day, they're like, what's your favorite stick? I'd be like, bro, whichever one that's in my hands. <laughs> yeah. That was, the thing, like, no, you you got a snare. It didn't matter what snare it was. You got to tune it, and make it sound good. Yeah, and, you know, whatever the times were, you got to make the the best use out of it. We like stacks, like cymbal stacks. Now, that's been happening forever, like yeah. forever. Because the cymbals were terrible. What are we gonna do with it? Throw it away? No, we don't throw anything away. We're gonna repurpose it. We're gonna be yeah. creative because that's what we do. And so I feel like uh, those of us who have this unique experience growing up and the perspective that we carry um can really provide a lot of insight into into what it is instead because everything is not just super formulaic and it, it can be it makes it easy for those who are learning to be like yeah six notes here four notes here six notes and now you have you know like all of that is cool and it works however there's a way that you can unlock your creativity and really dive into a whole nother aspect of yourself and finding you instead mm-hmm. of just being because at the end of the day, you can I can teach you every drum fill and auto play. I can teach yeah. you every every lick or whatever the case is, but at the end of the day, who are you? Right? Exactly. Even if you can play it note for note, but who are you? And so that's kind of and it was a thing like out, out here in where we're from, the top drummers in my area was like you had Eric Moore, you had Spider. And these are guys that we still look up to. And people be like, yo, who is your top, you know, your favorite drummers? And I'll be like, yo, Stefan DeBose, uh, you know, uh, Eric Moore, uh, Larry Animal Belton. Uh, you know, these guys were around and they were good and they and can still, they're still really good, right? And so at the end of the day, uh, we would see them and we would get inspired and come up with renditions or versions of what they were doing or try to take what we were doing and try to, add to it to make it a thing but you can't just sound exactly like this person you want to yeah. be have you your own distinct yeah you want to be just copy. you want to know right. it's you you know what i'm saying yeah 100%. 100%. yeah but to, to 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 answer your question again about the representation man I, I think that uh that is changing right now with the creators on the internet that's my experience it's changing there's more black entrepreneurs in this space that are starting to come around and we we plan on you know doing courses with some more drummers of course black drummers because there's a lot of them that are phenomenal and other races as well yeah uh, we plan on contributing to seeing more of that get around that's awesome and and i just want to say you know i appreciate you your hustle but also you bringing in other uh other races as you said too because that so I mean, somebody somebody's always watching. Like I think that's something yeah. we talk about on a different um, on a different episode. But like you never know because they don't like leave a like or a comment or whatever. But they've been watching this stuff, yeah. and if they are a BIPOC artist and they're thinking, hey, I don't know if I want to follow through with this. I don't know if I want to pull the trigger. You're actually out there. You're 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 pulling the trigger. You're making the content. So you're 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 helping those people be motivated to pull the trigger on their own stuff, which is amazing. For sure, for sure. Uh, so what is the next step for the app this year and what other projects do you have going on? Like what's what's the rest of the uh, 2021 looking like? So the rest of 2021 right now, we have a, right now we're in the middle of a whole new app overhaul. We're like rebuilding the app. 
and we are also uh, building a website version of the application. That is a request where people are like, hey, I want to be able to do this on my desktop. Hey, I want to be able to use my laptop. It's a larger screen. And I'm like, well, you could, you know, with your phone, mirror it to your TV and cast it to whatever. But I get it. And so we've received enough requests where it's like, hey, we're here to serve. So yeah. we're going to put that together. And uh, that's in the process. We're hoping that that will be done in the next three weeks. And then that'll go out. And with that, we're also going to, because right now on the app, Drummers can just stream the tracks. Unless you're a paid subscriber to Drum Tracks Premium, where you get access to like all of the premium content and all of the uh, in-app features and, and the private Facebook group, which is great because we go live every week in the private Facebook group. Live mm -hmm. lessons, live Q&A, student reviews. We put together practice routines for drummers, the whole nine. But uh, for, for those who are uh, in the Drum Tracks Premium, well, who are not in the drum tracks premium we're going to open up downloads for those drummers as well like if you if you want to purchase a pack of drummers play along tracks and download them we're going to have that open we're going to also sell individual courses in case you know hey you don't want to subscribe for 24.99 a month that's fine you can get the uh, the uh you know course that you like and download that and also have it online access as well and so we're putting all of that together so that people can purchase courses and tracks a la carte as well as you know join premium to get everything, you know, online, you know, for a, a decent price. And so that's the, that's the immediate next step. And then of course, uh, after that is expanding more courses. So we're in the middle of networking and communicating with uh, other drummers who we plan to have come and do courses on the app and, you know, putting that together. That's, that's really what's next. That's uh, awesome. Continue to serve the purpose. And eventually, I don't know if we're going to do it. I don't think we're going to do it this year. But I would love to, and I'm I'm uh, putting this out in the world right now, out of my mind. I've been thinking about it. Maybe mm -hmm. today, definitely gonna try to have a a, a man on the nice uh, go that route. Spread the word a little bit more about that. Yeah, if if Nam, I, I would assume Nam is happening this year, right? I think it's I, I would assume it's happening in 2022. Uh, oh, did it already happen this year? But they did it like online. It was like an online version or something like that. Yeah, I don't know because I didn't participate in NAM if this January if they did anything. I don't know if they did a summer NAM because they do summer NAM every year as well. Okay, yeah, I didn't even. Um, I'm not even in the loop on that, but I mean, like, I, <laughs> I, I, I do want to go to NAM at some point. Have you ever been? Uh, no, never been. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, it'd be good. It'd be good. It'd be good I'm in Austin, so um, and and before that, I lived in Iowa, so it wasn't like I could just like you know. Right, right, right. Hop in the car and you know check it out or whatnot. So no, no, no. I mean, we're I'm I'm uh, six, seven hours away from there myself, but on drive. But I I've gone. But I'll tell you this: it is a uh, it's a nice experience. But the the hotels are extremely expensive around that time. Yeah, yeah, for, well, for it's, sure. It's relatively expensive anyway because it's across the street from Disneyland. But uh, especially when the convention comes in, Motel Six is over and you have dollars. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It just is what it is. Yeah, yeah. You got, you got, you got to stay wherever you you can. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, hopefully you have some friends in the area. Yeah, yeah. I do have some friends in California. I just don't know how long. Folks. Logistic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It might have to hop in the car for a little bit. So as far as, uh, I mean, you you have bands too. So let's 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 talk about that. So I mean, you you have you have some gigging bands. Uh, what what are you guys playing shows again? So uh, my band, Nino Yancey, which literally uh, translates from two different African languages to musical freedom. That's, that's the literal definition of the band's name. Uh, no, we, we haven't started playing any shows yet. We know shows are starting to open back up. I've been working on a few projects outside of Nino Yancey as well. Like I, we have an EP out. We also have another EP recorded that's not released yet that we will be releasing. Uh, but I have released my own project as well. Uh, that I recorded at the Kennedy Center uh, in Washington, D.C. last year. You some yeah. clips on, I think I saw some clips on your page on that. Yeah, yeah. So they flew me and drum coach Somadi. <laughs> we do a lot of music together. So he yeah. flew us to Washington, D.C. to be a part of this program at the Reach. The, there's a new building right, it's connected to the, uh, to the Kennedy Center called the Reach. And they were having this music residency for artists and we got called to be a part of it. And so they flew us there and they gave us a room uh we asked for a drum kit and that was it 
we asked for a drum kit. I brought my controller and my laptop, and we set up a studio in that room. There was nothing else in the room. It wasn't like a real studio. It was just- They had the grand piano in there, right? They, that's when we, we didn't know that there was a grand piano that was gonna be when we got there. Oh, wow. In the corner, and I was like, we gotta mic this up. And mm -hmm. so they mic'd up the piano, and uh, yeah, we just made music for five days. That was it. That's amazing. That was it, and it turned into a project. And uh, I made a documentary, you know, and uh, by filming behind the scenes and, you know, the whole nine and put it out. And so, like, that went out in November of last year. And the drumless versions of that are on the app as well. Can people see the uh, documentary on, like, your YouTube channel or where, where can it's they actually, You know what? I think I'm going to put it on the Drum Tracks YouTube channel because right now it's on the, uh, it's on, just on my personal Facebook page. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, you should post the uh, or send me the link and I'll post it in the description so people can check it out because it, it was really dope. Like just the energy because, I mean, you're in a different town, you're in a different yeah. studio, you know, you're in a different environment. So the creative juices are flowing a little yeah. bit, hitting a little differently and all just, good things. It's just, just what we do. I also have a, a project that's going to be coming this year with a, a poet named Tongo, Tongo Eisen Martin. He's out of San Francisco and he's the poet laureate in San Francisco and his poetry is ridiculous. We met at a uh, at the YBCA 100. We, me and a drum coach somebody were selected, our band basically, Nina Yancey was selected for uh, the YBCA 100, which is in San Francisco, which is the Yerba Buena Center for the Arts. And when one of the things that we had to do at the the celebration of this or whatever they had performances and we had to perform with other artists who had been selected with literally no rehearsal they intended they did it intentionally it was like no rehearsal nobody is uh gonna see each other hear each other's stuff until the day before when we have sound check so we had sound check and had to do, wow. do the thing with tango tango went up he said y'all just play something and so we played something and he started doing his poetry and i told that week we were in a studio in oakland for like a week but I told Tongo right after, he was like, man, that was dope. I said, yo, we're in a studio uh, right across the bridge, man. Stop by the studio. We, so we went to the studio that night. Tongo didn't come with us that night, but we went to the studio that night. We made a bunch of different ideas that we thought Tongo would be dope for him to spit his poetry over. Yeah. Well, the Later that week he came, but we were at, we had a show in Oakland. So we were, were performing in Oakland and he was, he got to the studio while we were still at the show. And so oh, no. we left the show, we went to the studio to meet him. And by the time we got there, he was already done. He had already spit over like five different uh, tracks that made. Oh, that you had already recorded. We went to the studio and made stuff specifically for him to-, to Oh, record. sick, okay. That night. And then he came like two days later and did his thing. And then when we got there, we was like, yo. So then I took the production home and finished it and did everything, all the- added all the rest of the music to it. And uh, we have a project coming out with him this year as well. So I've also been releasing music this, I've li released another like 10, 12 songs already this year that I've just been putting out as ideas. Cause I create a lot, I'm in this creative space. Creativity is just like, I don't know, that's one of my, I guess, values <laughs> in life. Yeah. So I, I, I'm always creating. So I have written like, I don't know, 10 other songs that I've been releasing to my text message community for myself personally as an artist and starting to like build that community mm -hmm. outside of just the drum tracks app. But the thing that's always cool for the drum tracks app is whatever I make, I might as well put the drumless version of it on the app. And so that's kind of how that's been going. So that's what I've been up to musically outside of the app. And I've, I've also done last year, especially because everything was shut down. I was doing film scoring. I was doing, uh, there's a, a, a documentary that I scored that won uh, a regional Emmy in nice. California. And so like, I've been just trying to, you know, stay creative with that, but I do plan on playing shows and getting back to that this year for sure. Very cool, very cool. And then uh, just one, one more question here, uh, and this is kind of off the, off the script here, but I, I'm curious, because I see a lot of different gear behind you, a lot of different gear being used. If you had to choose just two things, you can't choose like a drum set as one of the things. It has to be individual items as a drummer. What what can't you live without? As a, I mean, so you're saying literally if I 
didn't have any instruments and I only had two to make stuff with. No, no, I mean like if you're going to a gig uh-huh. and, and and they're like, listen, it's gonna be tight, it's, you know, we're super low on space or something like that, you, you can't bring your own stuff. Maybe there's a backline kit or something like that, but you have, but you know you're gonna bring two things for sure to that gig. Oh, that, that I would bring to that gig? Uh, for some reason, man, there's something special about a really good ride symbol. Right. <laughs> there's something special about a really good ride. Um, and I would say snare. What what snare and what ride? So the ride symbol that's behind us for the music that we that we've been playing, this joint right here. Is, is that, that a 24 high? special K or yeah, special K drive? Yeah. Magic. Yeah, yeah. I've, magic. I mean, I've, I've, the music I've heard that we're playing. Times. Say that again. That? I said it's magic for the music that we're playing. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's magic anyway. I mean, it's just, it's like, I've always liked dry ride symbols, but I mean, that that I've had an eye on for a while. If I yeah. ever used Zildjian, it would be that or the... Uh, K Constantinople. Um, the, that 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 symbol is the, ridiculous too. The, the twenty two low um, yes. is, is is amazing. Yeah, you know what's crazy, man? Like my whole life, Zildjian has always been my favorite symbol. It's just, it just is what it is. Zildjian has always been my favorite symbols. Yeah. Was, like, then people went through the Milo craze, and Milo came out, and Milo makes some amazing symbols. But uh, I there's just something about, especially for the music that we play, these Zildjians, that 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 extra dry. With the rivets in it, magic. Yeah, even the hats that we've been playing are like ridiculous, and uh, yeah. I like them a lot. But as far as as far as the snare, I don't really have like a huge snare preference, but I do like big snares. I do like, you know, the fourteen by eight, fourteen by six, like the, the thick joints, and that's that. Them is that's me. Eight, eight, you mean the eight by fourteen? Yeah. Like the like deeper snares because I know um, I think the snare that I see on your videos is like a DW acrylic. That you see that, but you'd also see the black snare. Like there's there's a lot of snares in here. <laughs> I can see the rack of snares behind you for for sure. Yeah, and I think you only see half of it. But the, yeah, we because uh, there's what one two three four five six seven eight nine. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 snares, 18 if you count that one. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. Well, those, are can... all, those are not, those are all drum coach, Som- well, the majority of them are drum coach Somali snares. He has, he's the one with all the kids. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I'm like, I, I have a free floating chassis that I just put a copper and brass shell into. Gotcha. And that's that's good for me. Either I want you know warm and low and and you know a, a, a different color, or I want bright and cutting and loud. Yeah. You know, I have those two textures, but I do find it. And not to knock you or or him, uh, Samadhi or anything like that, but having that many snares, I mean, you're gonna have some that just sit there and they don't get used. Oh, bro, that's you know, all these snares do. Yeah, <laughs> they're just they're just background. This is this is this is great for the videos. That's what that yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. Upright on it, and this, that that's what that is. Those, all those snares don't get used hardly ever. There's like you see the acrylic come out. There's the DW. There's a DW acrylic up there. There's a thick one. He has a thinner one. Mm-hmm. The kit that's on the snare right now is looks like the DW aluminum snare. Okay. We also have uh, the kit that drum coach somebody is always after after uh, after when it comes to me is my red Yamaha because you nobody has seen it. I have this. Online, we haven't done any videos with it, but I have this old school rock kit. It's a 22 inch kick drum, but it's short. It's not like long, it's kind of short. Uh, snare, and then it comes with a, the, the toms are this, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, and 18. And right, weird, weird uh, measurements, but it's- I've like, never heard of a 15 inch tom before. Bro, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, and 18. And the the uh, it's an '80s rock kit. I bought it like my dad bought it for me when I was like fifteen. Uh, Sick. I was just uh, looking in the newspaper, you know, in the classified ads for a new drum kit because the drums that I had were from Sam's Club, and, <laughs> and they were like a one hundred dollar kit that I beat up. The first act special. Yeah, I don't even think it was called first act back in, back then, but it was yeah. Oh, I thought you were gonna say it wasn't that good. 
there was, was another well, it, was, it was a super super cheap kit and like i remember when i broke the snare head i didn't even know that at the time that you could replace those i just thought the snare was broken and so i started playing i, I took my floor tom and put newspaper on top of it so it wouldn't ring and played that as my snare when i practiced at home like it was just bad but <laughs> eventually i got that kit the uh the yamaha i also have another old pearl up here to the black kit that no one sees but we just keep this pdp right here this x7 i don't i don't i don't think they sell uh x7s anymore the pdps pdp they don't make any pdps anymore yeah so i got the no that's that's not true that's not true they discontinued like the platinum line and they discontinued a few lines but i've seen some like special edition pdps that have come out that actually look really dope at guitar center recently like right. the lug offset lug placement and like yeah. badge and it's like it, it looks like a very high end kit but um and I like PDP. Yeah, but you know what though? That's what we learned coming up is you can make any of these kits sound great. I yeah. I've I've seen drum coach somebody we play cover band gigs, uh done a lot of those too. Yeah. I I literally saw him take a first act kit to a gig and make it sound good. Oh yeah, yeah. I had a um uh, what was it? What was it called? Uh, why is the uh, well? I started out with a groove percussion kit, which actually was pretty horrible, and I don't know how to tune. So I mean, that was it. It sounded legitimately bad, and you would hit the snare, and the lugs would pop off, like the welds were just too soft or something. It wasn't meant to take like any abuse. That was yeah. my first kit, you know. Um, and then I had a. Um, it was. Ba I'm trying to remember the brand. But it's like it's like dime a dozen. Like CB makes them, gotcha. Earth makes them, Gammon makes them. It's the the standard like cheap ass poplar shells with the black wrap. You know everything matches. You know you got a 12, 13, 16. Yep. And I put some like EC2 clears on them, tuned them up good, made the snare crack, and it was just like you you can really make most drum sets sound good if you're using the right heads. And you know how to tune, and really you know how to play. I mean, it's, 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 play. it's really how, how you play it. But yeah, I mean, a lot of people are trying to get. No offense to DW, but they're trying to get you know an eighty-five hundred dollars shell pack only, right? Thinking that's gonna you know, and they're wondering why their drums sound like shit because they they still right. have never learned how to tune, which is right. And that's one thing. So Eric, many questions on that. Eric Moore taught us that because I used to see him tune up anything and it would sound amazing. I'd be like, bro, yeah. what the hell is that? And I remember he came to my grandmother's house one time downstairs in the basement and made my snare sound like, I had a cheap like $100 snare and he made it sound amazing. And I was like, how do you do this? But people ask us that now when it comes to like our videos and stuff. They're like, yo, how do you get your drums to sound like that? I'm like, yo, this, like there's even somebody who asked us that question. He had the same kit that mm -hmm. we have in here. Literally about, it's tuning, it's about how you play it, it's, it's, it's that, it's you. It's like, my, my, my kid sounds like shit, and I'm like, well, that's your fault. So <laughs> you, should, you, should, you, should, you should fix that. But yeah, I actually I actually, helped, I actually had my buddy uh, a couple days ago tune his toms over Zoom. Uh -huh. And it was cool because I was in my car so I could crank up the volume. So even though it was yeah. cell phone, I could still hear the pitch. And then we're using a, uh, like a keyboard app for the pitches. Yep. And the pitches always seem to be, for some reason, the low pitch on the floor tom resonant head, or the, the floor tom resonant head pitch is, for some reason, always like, it's either a B or an E for, like, most people's drums. Yeah. So it's easy to do, a, like, a one three five from there. Yeah. But it's just funny because, like, that isn't something that is taught right. very aggressively. You know, like, you have cats that can play forwards and backwards and slant ways and sideways and everything like that. But they can't tune a drum to save their life. They don't even know where to start. They, right. just, they just know this is the heads I've always used. Um, I, I, I just mess with it until it sounds good, something like that. Like I really yeah. wish there was more resources on tuning out there for. Yeah. We, I mean, we definitely have a whole entire tuning course on the app. Cause, uh, oh, you do on, on the Drum Tracks app. Yeah. There's Very a whole, nice. Like, most people look at the app and they see the tracks like there's over 350 drum lessons and courses on the app and so we go we go pretty extensive and, and uh drum coach Somati is the one that has really took a lot of time and people be like how do you know what drum heads to play well that's because he's bought many different types of drum heads and literally put them all on this kit took them off and put them on this kit took them off and put it on like oh yeah. i got the maple shells i got the bird shells i'm gonna put this on this snare and see how like you got to experiment 
everything is about experimentation. Someone asked me in the DM literally yesterday, how do I know what how do I know what sticks to buy? And I'm like, yo, a stick preference is highly personal. Yeah. And the way that you find that out is through experimenting with different stick types. Yeah. Because you buy a pair of sticks that you don't like doesn't mean that life is over. You can always get another pair of sticks. It's literally yeah. that simple. But of course, we're going to end up doing a video probably that, you know, breaks down how you can go about, you know, what the stick feels typically do. But even when we do a video on that, and you watch how, you know, Drunko somebody or myself talk about how the stick feels in our hand and why we like it. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's going to work for you. You have to. You have to do it. So at the end of so, the day, it is. I, I get so annoyed because people will ask, like, I want a ride cymbal with a really good bell and a really good crash and a really good ping and it looks cool and I want it to be twenty three point six five inches and all this kind of thing and I'm just like, I'm just like, okay, you have to go play this shit. Yeah. Like if you if you want to know what heads are good, I mean you can get some sort of I mean it's dude it's it's right here on the box. It'll say like exactly all the treatments, all the applications, everything. Like the information is there's a guide right here. Actually, this is what I'm talking about. Yep. Right there it says what styles of music it's used for: rock, gospel. Sorry, you know. That sort of thing. Okay, so there's a detailed description. So like all the instructions are there to give you like a, a, a starting point for your sound, but you still yeah. have to go and put it on and tune it right. Particularly you well. That you know, all of that is true, but then you get to the creatives and you think of people like Thomas Bridgen who took crash symbols and put them together and made humongous hi-hats that became a thing. Yeah. Now a lot of people are doing it. So yes, you have to experiment and find your voice. Find out which time work. You may be a gospel drummer, but use the rock heads because they work for your sound, right? Yeah. Like, there are no rules to this. Just because it says that that's what the application is, it you could use it for that. But yeah. You could use anything for anything you want. Yes. Yeah, exactly. What I mean, unless you're, of course, again, disclaimer: if you're being hired and they want a very specific sound, then you are at that point doing a job like you would be if you were working at McDonald's. And I'm not yeah. saying like. Any of that is bad. If you're working at McDonald's, you just follow the instructions. There's a system in place. If you're working at Apple, there's a thing that they want you to do. You have to do it. But if you are experimenting for your own sound and you're being creative and you're creating your own thing, which, in my opinion, is a thing that will separate you from everyone else. Because if you are just a drummer who, or a musician in general who doesn't have their own sound, you're replaceable. Just, that's like 90% of the musicians that I see playing on tour i've seen really great musicians before get fired not because they're not amazing it's just because the music that they're playing everybody can play that music and you know you're amazing phenomenal amazing musician but they don't need you to play that they don't have to pay you this rate to play they can pay someone else cheaper who can just do this too yeah and it gets weird but anyway my point is if you experiment even with your drum heads and even with whatever you're using to find your sound to get what you want you know that's 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 just what my mo all the time is one of my values is like be creative like, yeah and, and you may like that initial sound and you may decide that you want to go in a different direction be open to that type of experimentation exactly yeah and and the the tools that you use like the drum heads the drumsticks the drums your snare your ride cymbal whatever should all be ways of complementing your own style and creativity and your sound you got and, not, and not copying. I feel like there's a lot of copying. I need this sort of setup. I need to set up my drums to look a certain way. Yep. I need to use these certain specific heads. You know, that it's like that doesn't make you whatever drummer you're idolizing because you use 19 toms right. and 40 cymbals. With right. you know octobons up at the top, you're 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 not you're not Mike Mangini from Dream Theater. You're, you'll right. never be Mike and, at, and at the end of the day, though, I look at it th this way. I understand people copying because it's a part of the journey of finding yourself, right? Uh, we learn how to talk by listening to people talk who've been talking for a long time around us, and usually yeah, like emulation. Yeah, they start copying like so. We got to be careful what you say around children, right? Because they will copy what you say. Yeah, yeah, they'll just. And it. at the end of the day, that works in the beginning to learn how to do something to get a start. But eventually, as you continue to grow, the natural progression of things is for you to start to have your own perspective. You use the same language, you use the same words, but you do that to express your point of view. Yeah. And that's where I feel like you know sometimes drummers may get stuck 
we that's one of the main questions we get in the private Facebook group, which is, I mean, I know how to play this drum fill, I know how to play that, but like, how do I unlock this creativity to where I can do this endless thing like I see Eric do? I'm like, okay, well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about how we can go from having to play this drum fill this specific way because I learned it this way, note for note, versus having the freedom to explore. And so, you know, we go deep into that and stuff with the with the group, but I, to me, I carry that into all aspects. That's why it, it may seem like I'm sound, saying the same thing, but in all areas of my life, I'm looking at being creative and even the way that I'm living my life right now, I, I feel like I am designing it. You understand what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. not in, it's not a path that I'm following because every other musician I know took a different path. So you were talking about a part of the creative process. You were like, I don't want to be redundant, but as far yeah. as the all for your sound. Right. And I live my life this way, right? And I design my I feel like I'm designing my life. That's the approach that I have to it and you know all those things change that's okay it's a part of the experiment sometimes right you gotta try stuff and figure things out um actually that's a really good point i want to say something on that because uh you have to take risks as well absolutely like like, like i um <laughs> okay yeah i guess i have i was like i was like damn it i just called myself out like i'm like i don't really take that many risks like my setup's pretty standard like i don't um I did uh, convert one of my 14-inch rack toms to a floor tom snare. Okay. So it was a floor Wait, tom did you first. Say a floor tom snare? Yeah, it's a, it's like a duo. Gotcha. Yeah. So you got, you got uh, uh, you put the snares underneath it. Yeah. So I had somebody cut snare beds in the bottom head, put like a hazy, um, you know, snare side head on. It's like a Remo Ambassador side head, and then uh, you know the strainer and everything. So you just drill some more holes into it. But I wanted to, I, I was using a one up and two down setup for a while when I was playing with some bands in Arizona. But okay. then I was like, I wanna, I wanna try this. So it's a Birch Babinga kit. Um, a lot of people might say, well, why, why would you mess up the, you know, the Tom was fine the way it is. It's designed, you know, everything. I'm like, eh, I mean, it, it is, I want a four time snare. Yeah. And now this thing's to my left and I, I just can't imagine playing without it. I got my splat, I got my marching snare, I got my explosions in the side, you know, post rock oh. sort of fills and stuff I can do. And then I also moved my hi-hat from the left so I don't cross over anymore. It's it's in my rack it's in my rack tom position. Gotcha. I moved all my toms to the right. And How actually does that, does that does it make it easier for you to play? Does it feel more comfortable? Oh, you have no idea, man. Yeah, it, it, it is unlocked. Um and, and for reasons I won't go into, I've, I'm kinda like on break from like playing right now. Okay. Um just like a short break. I mean, just kinda like a transition thing. Yeah. Um but ergonomically, like my, my medium tom is like right above my floor tom, so there's no space. Everything is very tight knit together. Um, I don't have to cross over for any hi hat patterns, so there isn't any. I mean, the cross unders and the subtleties and stuff like that are fine, but it's like ergonomically, if you don't have to cross over, why why would you? You know, so it's just it's just cool to have a kind of setup. So what I'm saying is, I really feel like we should take risks, and I was gonna say we should be encouraged to take risks, whatever. You don't even need encouragement; just take a risk. Put a clear head on your snare drum, you know? Some, Coach Samadhi does that. I did that for like 10 years, because it sounds amazing. I mean, it, yeah. it sounds, on a certain drum, it sounds better than a coated head. Definitely. Some people will tell you, you can't use a coated head, or you can't use a clear head on a snare. Some people will tell you, you can't stack the cymbals that way, or don't play your china that way, or right. don't use that pedal, or um, what is the guy that I'm, I'm thinking of? Um, uh, Stanley, Stanley Moore. Yeah, you. Uh, I have his name right, right? Stanley Moore. Uh, Stanley Moore. The what? Who did he play for? Uh, he's independent. Oh, Stanley Randolph. Stanley Randolph. That's it. Yeah, Stanley Randolph. But he's got the bongos uh -huh. right in his middle position. So he's got like the SPDSX. He's got the bongos. And then he's got his high tom. Is like yeah. way over to the right. Yeah. But that. I mean, he he just kills it every time. I mean, it, like, consistently. Yeah. so I mean, like the setup is unorthodox but he's yeah. getting different sounds he's getting different orchestrations things like that so so you yeah know what? There's, a, there's another drummer that, that i don't like we all every all the drummers know him and have an immense amount of respect for him and I, it would be amazing if i could get him to do a course in the app one day chris daddy day yeah With the one of the stackers. most creatively gifted musicians that i've ever witnessed in my entire existence to me, he was the beginning of seeing that creativity on the drums. Like I would watch him solo back in the day, me and drunk somebody would watch him play with Robert Glasper and do all the stuff that he was doing. 
and look at each other like, how, like how do how are we supposed to explain this? Or how do we even? <laughs> what is this? How do yeah. you like the, the way he would do his solos? And then, like I remember what, seeing him in videos play with the snare, and then you have nothing but snares as toms. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I was gonna say some of those videos has got like ten snare drums or something. Yeah, where yeah. he's like standing up with ten snares and he's just Six, playing. They look like a Christmas tree. Yeah, and, uh, you know all that stuff that he was doing was super influential to us in terms of uh, the creativity of it, and I was just have had so much admiration for his ability to really think out. Because before he wasn't doing that, like when he was out playing with uh, Mint Condition and stuff like that, it was a different. It was different. Yeah. Wow, it was more quote unquote regular, right? In terms of like what drummers played. Yeah, music, but the, after that, and I started seeing him with Robert Glasper. I was like, "Yo, this is," and maybe he was doing it before, and I just didn't know and didn't see. But when I did see it, this is back in like two thousand eight, two thousand nine. When I'm seeing this, right? Yeah, and we're that that type of. But yeah, now a lot of people are doing a lot of creative stuff, and that and then watch the even the style of drumming evolve. You know, from the Gospel Chop era to seeing the Mike Mitchells and uh, the Mason Gidrys and mm -hmm. the Andy Prados and like all of the how it's it's even there's there's creative drummers out there. There's another guy right now that I've been seeing. I don't know why his name is slipping my mind. X Breed Breed X. Oh, Breed X. Yeah, 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 yeah. What? It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's just crazy orchestrations. Ridiculous. Yeah. And so uh, there, there's a. There's 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 one and a one and a two and a two and a three and a three and a four and a four and a, and then there's that. You know yeah, yeah, saying? yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I feel like I'm 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 on a different like maybe I'm looking at the notes differently or something. I'm I'm like <laughs> I I see a quarter note and you see a qu quarter note. This is a quarter right. note. I'm like oh shit I don't know what, I don't know what I'm doing I guess exactly. Just like listen exactly. to yeah, you because you learn things a certain way when you play. You don't don't smush notes together. Do this. It needs to be like that. And then there's people who are like now nah, this. Yeah, and I yeah. love that because it, it, yes, that may not work on a pocket, right? Because I feel yeah. like everybody gives advice based on what will get you hired for a pop gig, a cover band gig, a funk gig, or just to be able to get paid to play. And yeah. that makes sense. I get it. We all want to make money. But I think that when we talk about it without the context of that, saying, hey, this, is, this advice I'm giving you is for this. This works in this genre of music. Mm -hmm. But if you then go to a jazz gig and they play one and three and two and four on the snare and they and they don't move it's gonna be a problem like it's a whole other feel i think yeah. that have, these things have to be talked about in context of the genre of music that's being played and it has to be talked about in the context of whether or not someone's being hired to do this yeah you're creating your own thing right because i feel like drummers get left out as creatives they get left out they like the piano player he writes he's the creator he's yeah. the bass player these other melodic instruments they are the like we have to just play this thing so that they can do their thing we're not yeah, really just a vehicle to the rest of the music yeah right you're and, and and my whole thing is like no the drummer is just as part just as much a part of the band as every other instrument and i feel like i can say that uh because i play other instruments and bands and i'm a front man in my own band and the drums is extremely important, right? <laughs> and I'm not playing the drums in my own band as a front man, but the drums is extremely important. And if drum coach somebody who plays in my band is not uh, giving me what I need, then, you know, it's a problem. So at the end of the day, I think that there is, there, there, we are, we're here to try to help, you know, have the conversation for musicians that are trying to be creative as well and to say, hey, yes, you can play this and this does that advice is 100% right for this in these situations. Yes. Don't forget music is art. You're an artist. Yeah. Creative. You, That's you, all I'm saying. Yeah, and 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 back to the uh back to the wrist thing like take risks in your studio. Yeah. You're just practicing, you know, things like that. But right, don't go to like a risk city because it's like it's yeah. like the place that you can fail and it's okay. I'm not saying go to a gig and take risks when you're being paid to play someone's show. I'm saying, but you should, to get to a point to where you're sure of something, when you're sure about an idea, you have to have tried it when you weren't sure about it. Exactly, exactly. But on the flip side, don't show up to the jazz gig with like 
three 20 inch chinas and you know two <laughs> two kick drums and you know like uh you can leave you your know, middle like, bass pedal at home too yeah yeah ex exactly exactly for the jazz game but at the end of the day i mean it's it's content it's content yes it is yes you do different things in different situations it is it is, it is wrong to just randomly punch people in the face for sure <laughs> it is however if you are oh look who we got in the building right now drunk coach somebody just stepped in i'm on a podcast so uh <laughs> you want to come on the camera oh you don't want to come on the camera is, is that is, is that the name he's going by today i don't know what name is he going what name are you going by today is it batman is it is it uh uh Peter Parker. <laughs> he doesn't want to be seen on camera right now. But at, at the end of the day, like I was saying, like you do different things in different situations. It's wrong to punch people in the face. But if someone is trying to hurt your child, you're probably going to punch them in the face and it's the right thing to do. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Hopefully the viewers are, or the, the listeners aren't like, oh, you mean take a risk. Like, I, I hate my boss. I'm just going to punch my boss. No, I'm not. I'm not saying yeah. that. That's, that's, that's not going to make me a better drummer. That's actually <laughs> just stupid. But <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I, that it is what it is. So, all right, man. Well, I, I really appreciate you being on. Uh, we're gonna post the links in the description to uh, where they, where the viewers and listeners can go to download the app. Yes, sir. Um, and then if there's any other uh, links that you want me to put in the description to share, I will definitely do that so people can sign up. And I, I believe the um, is there like a trial or something or or like a like a one yeah, week they can do. I'll send you a link, man. They will for those who click your link, we'll give them a 30-day trial to drum tracks premium. So they get access to everything for a month. Uh Excellent. all of the in-app features, the track download, offline uh, streaming. It includes uh the private Facebook group, you go live and the whole nine, student reviews, all of that. Our, our, our models also is it, it doesn't have to take a year to see growth in your journey. You can see growth for 30 days and we can help you do that. So absolutely, man. Well, thanks again for being on. Thanks, everybody, for listening. See you next time. All right, family.